0: Constant through all the years, Ray. It's been...
1: Beyond the game. Beyond the game. Beyond the game.
0: Oh,
2: I heard that so much. The most well-known, the best-looking, the best-dressed. Our formula
3: is this. We go out, we hit people in the mouth. You like that? You like
1: that? That's the dumbest thing I could think of. You guys are so young and stupid. No idea who you're talking about.
4: Quiet, numbskulls. I'm broadcasting.
1: That is a career ender, just like this show. You're
4: already famous in Rochester, then watch out world.
1: We would be honored
0: if you would join us.
1: Good morning to you, and welcome to Beyond the Game. Beyond the Game is brought to you by Town & Country Pest Solutions. TownandCountrySolutions.com. Give them a call, 585-426-5024. That's 585-426-5024. Town & Country Pest Solutions, fearing nothing but God. Rick Benson, Zach Barletta joining you as we close out this second week of March. Zach and I were in attendance the other night in Buffalo and the Sabres took on the New York Rangers. It amazed me just how many Ranger fans there were in the building, Zach. There were a ton of them. When we counted to see if there was going to be more fans wearing the Sabers, Jack Eichel or Rangers' Henrik Lundqvist. It was close. I will, I will say that. It was close. It was close,
3: but I think there were more Lundqvist jerseys. There were, there were more, slight, just
1: slightly more Lundqvists. Zach got us great seats. I was able to look through the rafters and see the little (laughs) blips moving around the ice below. Thank goodness for the Jumbotron and the sweet pictures its infinite number of pixels pumps out. But a couple of times I was disappointed with the Sabres fans, Zach. Fans of opposing teams should be able to come into your building, enjoy the game without the risk of being harassed, right? without the risk of being mocked or abused. And in that regard, the Sabres were great hosts. But what you can't allow You can't allow fans of the opposing team to start up chants and then not drown them out with one of your own. The minute the fans started, let's go Rangers, Sabres fans should have been shouting them down. They weren't able to do it. It was like I was in, it was like the Rangers were the home team.
3: To their credit, the Sabres fans responded at first. They got pretty loud, but after two or three of the chants, you know, by the second period, it was just little kids in the section next to us that were responding with the saber chants.
1: You don't want to be rude. Like I said, you don't, you can't harass I me. Mean, somebody wants to go see their rangers, like you. You want to go see your team. You saw your team. You shouldn't have to get harassed. But for crying out loud, you can't let let them own the building. You got to defend your turf. You, you got to own your building. In fairness, though, when the Sabers scored those. Quick two goals there. I don't know what. I think it was second period, maybe. Yeah. Uh They got within one. The fans came to life, and it was fairly loud in there.
3: I was surprised how loud it was for the small number of fans that were there. But it wasn't sustained, and before long, Rangers
1: fans took over again and mm-hmm. had their way. Sitting in with us this week is Captain Unreasonable, Darren <laughs> Metzger. And Darren Metzger, the Yankees fan, diehard Yankees fan, but a Yankees fan all his life, wearing his Twins cap. <laughs>
4: it's a nice hat. I like it. How many hats do you own? Yeah, Close to 100. Yeah, it might be a couple more than 100. I've
1: seen you in Blue Jays, mm-hmm. Oakland A's. I don't see you in a Yankees hat all that often.
4: I got a couple. I wear them. Yeah, it's I got to match what I'm wearing.
1: Every once in a while, I'll see you one. But <laughs>
4: uh, twins, what? what's with the twins? Uh, Rochester's the farm team. I like this hat. I'll roll with it.
1: You're a basketball guy in addition to being a Yankees fan and One of the more rabid Syracuse fans I know of. We were watching the end of that bad loss to Pitt the other day together. Of course, we had an epic plate of barbecue sitting in front of us, which makes (laughs) any loss.
4: It was delicious.
1: Yeah, it was terrific. I ate that
4: twice in two days. I just want to put that out there. I'm pulling a U.
1: Now, obviously, the loss leaves Syracuse as either one of the last teams in or maybe one of the first teams out. So
4: let me ask you, what say ye, in or out? They got to be out. They have to be. Yeah. I mean, they're only nine and seven since Beheim's return to the bench. That's, that's not impressive. I mean, really, they're 13 and 13 after their cakewalk trip to the Bahamas this year, starting out six and oh. That's not a tournament team. Nine and 10 in the ACC. No, I, I love Syracuse. I bleed orange. You got to go to the NIT this year. You're unimpressive.
0: Playoffs? Yeah. Don't talk about playoffs.
1: <laughs> I, I think they're going to end up getting in. And I think it shouldn't be any question though. This, the term, what drives me crazy about the tournament is the automatic bids about teams mm-hmm. that have no business being there. Mm-hmm. I know we all love those occasional upsets that you see, but they're taking spots from you. You don't have the 64 best teams
4: no, in the country. You don't. Like they need to be one of the four playing in games if they're in, if you're, if you're asking me. Now I know that they ran, they're only seven deep, really, and three of those seven are freshmen that they ran out there regularly. So, I mean, that in itself is is impressive, that three of your main guys are freshmen and you're still at least competing. And they had some good wins this year. I mean, they beat Duke. Yeah, you're right. They did have a couple of good wins, and I guess
1: we'll find out tomorrow if they're in or out. I have a hunch they're going to be in. There was a true Johnny Hockey sighting in Calgary Wednesday in a game against the Nashville Predators Johnny Gaudreau of the Calgary Flames scored two goals in 10 seconds. Two goals, 10 seconds. The first goal was a shot with such force. It came flying back out of the net. They had to stop the play, review it. Didn't, mm-hmm. Was it actually a goal? And and it was. And then 10 seconds later, he hits another one. And Last year, Gaudreau had 24 goals, 64 points, was a finalist for the Calder Trophy. Darren, that's the NHL's Rookie of the Year. Oh, why don't they just call it the Rookie of the Year? Gaudreau now has surpassed last season's totals. He has 26 goals and 65 points, and he looks like the real deal. When teams win a championship, such as the Denver Broncos just did, it's not uncommon to see some players capitalize on the success and sign a, a nice contract with another team. But after Peyton Manning retired, it wasn't necessarily a lock, but You kind of got the sense that the smart money seemed to be that Brock Brock Osweiler would be taking over at quarterback for the Denver Broncos. Yeah, you would think so. But the Broncos not only lost linebacker Danny Trevathan, is that how you say his name? At defensive end Malik Jackson, but
4: now Brock Osweiler is gone. Oh no. What are they going to do missing 7% completion in the second half?
1: A reported four-year deal worth $72 million with 37 of it guaranteed. That's a lot of money. For a guy who played
4: seven games.
3: <laughs> Look, even if you really want to stay with the Broncos, for that money, you'd go anywhere.
4: Well, seven games and only three and a half of them were actually impressive. Like, I mean, he played,
1: he played well. Speculation has been fast and furious since and the news broke, and we can perhaps play along. Do you think that perhaps he was a little miffed about the way he was handled, being benched when Manning came back? Should the Broncos have stuck with Osweiler, or did they need to go back to Manning?
3: I thought Osweiler would make a lot of sense. He, the, the general manager loves him. He's been in the system for three years and you would think he would want to stay there. They're coming off a Super Bowl. They've got an elite defense behind him. He's got good targets to throw to, but I mean, when you're looking at that kind of money, how do you say no?
4: Yeah. I'll be, I'll become a Red Sox fan for that kind of money. You can take all my Yankee stuff. I'll wear the Red Sox gear. That, that's why he left. I, I don't think the Twitter version of the internet needs to really get too deep into it. He left for money.
1: I can't recall a defending champion going into the season after losing both their starter and their backup. I mean, where are they going to turn at this point? Do they draft Memphis's rg Lynch? RG3, <laughs> maybe Ryan Fitzpatrick. Oh, man. I mean, could Johnny Manziel be in play? Yes, please. You hear a lot of talk that they want Colin Kaepernick, but he's currently a member of the 49ers, mm-hmm. and unless the 49ers release him or trade him, He's gonna. He's a 49er. He's you know, though, play.
3: as bad as a lot of the names on that list are that you just gave, I think a lot of those guys are probably a little better than Peyton was this last year, so they could probably win with any of those guys. <laughs> I
4: think RG3 was better than Peyton was this year.
1: <laughs>
3: yeah. Super Bowl
1: champions would seem to be staring at a down year next season. And if you're keeping track, Brock Osweiler and the Houston Texans will make a trip into Denver next year. They're part of the schedule. For all you... Patriots, favoritism, conspiracy theorists. The Patriots will get to play the Broncos, who would seem to be looking at a down year, while the rest of the the AFC East does not play the Broncos.
3: The question is, will you be able to buy tickets? Remember that thing earlier in the year where the Broncos weren't letting Patriots fans buy tickets? Oh, that's right. So that's yeah. something to keep an eye on.
1: Here's an interesting scenario. and In actuality, it was especially interesting to me to see how this Speculative thought made its rounds through talk radio. Growing up where I did, you guys know I'm into New York City teams. I follow the city's sports scene. I'm listening to Boomer Asayson and his morning show on CBS Sports Radio at WFAN, and they presented this thought. About an hour later, it pops up on ESPN's <laughs> website. Of course, it did. Phil Sheridan of ESPN writes the article. Same thoughts, almost to a T. Same thoughts and. I have no idea. Maybe these two were completely...
4: Uh, you There's know, only so many original thoughts out there.
1: Right. And maybe they each had the same one. But then an hour after that, the Dan Patrick show is talking about it after <laughs> he found it on the ESPN <laughs> website, pointed out that it was Sheridan's report. But I heard it on, on Boomer and Carton much earlier. Anyway, they're talking about the idea of the Eagles trading Sam Bradford to Denver. I mean, they just gave Bradford all that money. It's an intriguing idea, really. I don't know how realistic it is, since the Eagles did just sign Bradford to crazy money. But Denver's not all that far from Oklahoma. He went to college there, lives there,
3: and the um, Eagles just signed Chase Daniel, who I think is crazy gonna, money. I think he's going to be the quarterback. He played for Doug Peterson in Kansas City.
1: We're going to roll guest free today on Beyond the Game. Coming up later in the program, we'll discuss Maria Sharapova being yet another athlete to test positive for a banned substance. Only, I don't think she is like other athletes. You'll see what I mean coming up later in the show. Zach has a great selection of topics for shenanigans. Darren has his unreasonable rant. We'll, of course, have our Pests of the Week. And I'll tell you what was the most awesome thing I saw this week. I want you to check out our website, btgprogram.com. You can learn more about the show. Find archives of past interviews, segments, and broadcasts, and you can even see how you can support the show by purchasing a BTG t-shirt, a coffee mug, or perhaps becoming a financial contributor. Beyond the Game is primarily a listener-supported program. Give it a look, btgprogram.com. And as we often remind you, we'd love to have you follow us on Twitter, at BTG Program. And if you have something to say, you can even leave us a message on our studio line. The number is 585-431-1202, 585-431-1202, and who knows, maybe your opinion, maybe your thought, maybe your comments will be aired on the show. So far, though, haven't been impressed with what you've had to say, and in fact, some of you are flat out mean. You're listening to Beyond the Game, brought to you by Town & Country Pest Solutions.
4: Title sponsor of Beyond the Game is Town & Country Pest Solutions. Town & Country has been in business for nearly three successful decades. They know how to get the job done, covering Rochester, Syracuse, Buffalo, Albany, Watertown, well... Just about any place that you can pick up this radio station is a place Town & Country Pest Solutions takes on pests and critters of all kinds. Town & Country technicians are friendly, professional, and most important, knowledgeable. Have a bed bug problem or just want to check and make sure that you don't? Call Town & Country. Bees, wasps, roaches, ants, bats, mice, you name it. Call Town & Country. Even raccoons and larger animals. Call Town & Country Pest Solutions today at 585 426 5024 that's 585-426-5024 and let their team of professionals handle whatever pest problem you may have call town and country pest solutions at 585-426-5024 or visit them online at townandcountrysolutions.com town and country pest solutions they fear nothing but god
1: hope and inspiration can be hard to find at times for that reason god has given us many promises in his word in which we can cling to Spencer Traver focuses on several of these promises in his book, 21 Promises, Declaring Jesus as Lord. 21 Promises accounts real-life stories to help us recognize God's presence and identify His promises as we endure present times. With the help of Scripture, 21 Promises teaches young and old alike to understand with their minds and believe with their hearts in the unfailing promises of God. 21 Promises, Declaring Jesus as Lord by Spencer Traver is available through Amazon and other booksellers or through the website TraverBrothers.com. That's TraverBrothers.com. Pick up a copy of 21 Promises and enjoy the unfolding of the promises of God as they're displayed in both Scripture and real-life events. 21 Promises, Declaring Jesus as Lord, by Spencer Traver. On sale now. Grace and Truth Youth Baseball is registering for its 2016 season. G&T has divisions to accommodate boys and girls ranging from ages 5 to 15 years of age. Games are played Saturday mornings beginning May 7th and continuing through June 25th. Some age groups will have a weeknight practice time as well. All games are played at the beautiful G&T Sports Park in Hilton. The baseball programs offered through G&T Athletics teach baseball in a fun, family-centered environment that is sure to provide your family with many fond memories. For more information or to register, visit gntathletics.info. That's gntathletics.info. Are you looking for a fun place to play softball in a family-friendly environment? GNT Men's Softball is registering for its 2016 season at the Grace and Truth Sports Park in Hilton. GT's Slow Pitch League plays on Monday nights beginning in May and continuing through July. The discounted early registration rate is $60 now through March 15th which includes a team jersey. The rate jumps, though, after March 15th, so don't delay. Register for g Men's Softball today. For more information or to register, visit gntathletics.info. That's gntathletics.info.
2: Zach bringing us
1: back with
3: Blue Suede. Oh, yeah. The most odd beginning to a song, perhaps, ever. It reminds me of the scene in Finding Nemo, where they're going to initiate him into the fish tank.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I think it's the same chant. Yeah. Let's do some shenanigans. Zach, I've been looking forward to this. We can jump around a little bit, hit a few different topics. You've got some great topics picked out for this week, so why don't we get right into that?
3: All right, well, news broke this week that after the 2014 season... The Atlanta Braves reportedly offered the Yankees a blockbuster trade which would have sent Jason Hayward, Andrelton Simmons, B.J. Upton, Chris Johnson, and relief pitcher David Carpenter to the Yankees in exchange for Yankees' top prospects Aaron Judge, Luis Severino, Manny Benuelos, Ian Clarkin, and Gary Sanchez. Truth or shenanigans, the Yankees should have accepted that deal because it would have made them favorites in the AL East.
1: That would have been like an old-school blockbuster trade, which you don't see much anymore. But I say shenanigans... Because it's just too early to tell. The upside to prospects like Judge, Sanchez, and Severino for the Yankees is extremely high. If they progress as expected, the Yankees would then be smart to have not accepted that deal. However, if they don't, then it could be up for further debate. So I say we bring it up in five or six years.
4: I say shenanigans just because that trade involved the Yankees getting B.J. Upton, and that seems to hurt every team that takes him, so So (laughs) please no on that. The shenanigans, don't accept that trade.
3: I call shenanigans too, Uh, while the trade would have made the Yankees significantly better, and probably they would have gone deeper into the playoffs last year, uh, it would have gutted their system of really all the top prospects that are the closest to the big leagues, and also added a lot of really useless players like Chris Johnson and and uh bj BJ upton Upton, yeah who was just absolutely terrible (laughs) and uh the biggest thing for me though was that hayward only had a year left on his deal so you could trade all those prospects and then watch him sign with the cubs like he did so it would have been too risky for me i say shenanigans the boston bruins announced recently that in an attempt to cut down on ticket scalping and reselling on the secondary market season ticket holders who buy tickets for their own personal use will not see a price increase next year, but season ticket holders who are quote-unquote high-volume resellers will. Also, high-volume resellers outside of the New England area will have their season ticket accounts canceled. This is a better solution than what the Yankees did by refusing to accept printed home tickets altogether.
4: This is shenanigans. I hate this. Uh, This is America. If you want to buy tickets, you can buy tickets and do whatever you want with them. I, I don't like this move at all. I don't like this trend of teams franchises treating their fans like this i hate this shenanigans
3: i agree and i agree with darren too that i still think the best policy is to let anyone buy a ticket and do whatever they want with it uh but this seems much more fan friendly than the yankees blatant uh, attempt to keep lower class people from rubbing elbows with the corporate people in the expensive seats Um, this seems to reward loyal fans by not raising their prices so in that that respect i agree with it I say shenanigans,
1: although I do take a somewhat different approach, Zach. The Yankees' situation doesn't completely prevent me from selling my tickets to you. Uh, you just can't print them at home. I can go old school. I can ship you the tickets uh, with the Bruins threatening to take away season ticket licenses. I like what Darren said. You know, this is America because that's what I – in my notes here, I got – that's unfair. It's un-American. Uh, <laughs> Listen, if I want to go up to New England and take in a Boston Bruins game, spend a weekend up there, maybe my team's up there, that sounds like a great weekend. You're going to take somebody's license away for Mm -hmm. a season ticket because they sold it to a fan of another team. It just, it's un-American.
3: All right. Catchers, Major League Baseball catchers who wear goalie-style masks should be able to have them custom painted like hockey goalies do. I agree. Do it up. Just be sure to consult Charlie O'Brien.
1: <laughs> Are you guys laughing. You know who Charlie O'Brien is? <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm glad you laughed, though. We're,
4: just, we're throwing you a bone, laughing at your jokes that you want us to laugh at.
1: Charlie O'Brien was the guy that actually brought that mask into being in baseball. He was oh, a really? catcher, played, I don't know, five or six teams. I believe he was with Toronto at the time, though he might have been with Atlanta at the time. Got hit by a couple of foul balls, and it was his idea to do the hockey-style mask. Yeah. In fact, I think he worked with a hockey equipment company out of Ontario to put that together, Charlie yes. O'Brien. So the next time that comes up in a trivia, you guys now no, know. But not. I
4: appreciate the laughter. That was hey, good. We got you. We got you this week. <laughs> I agree with you. This is awesome. Do it. Do whatever you want. It's the one part of hockey I actually like. I look for the goalie mask, so why
3: not extend that to catchers? I agree, too. Goalie masks are awesome, and any time a sport has the opportunity to allow a player to show some personality and have some fun, they should absolutely do it. Bryce Harper caused kind of a stir this week with his comments about how you know players should be able to have some fun and express themselves. This is a perfect way to do it. You know who I bet wouldn't like it? Goose Gossage. No. He's been a little
4: angry this week. He
3: hates fun.
1: The truth is there's some common ground maybe in the middle there Mm -hmm. because some of what Gossage is saying... There's some truth there. I don't necessarily care for the way he said it, and I think he's taking a hard line. Like, one of the things he said, like, all those, he he's talking about Bautista and he's dismissing Bautista's antics, and then he says, like, all those guys up in Toronto. Well, obviously it's not all those guys in no. Toronto. You can't say something like that, and mm-hmm. you can't say it in the way you said it, but there is some truth. There is some things about the game, and, again, this is probably an age factor here between you guys and myself, because I'm older and wiser and much better looking, I come at, I come at things from a different perspective. But I do think that some of the things are that you think might be living up the game, I think is bad for the game. Because when you take that down a level or two, and you get into the youth ranks, it doesn't always translate as well. I, I just think it's a bad thing. But we can talk more about Bryce Harper maybe later in the show or next week or the week after. But moving on with shenanigans.
3: Benton, you mentioned the hockey game we were at this week. At that game, the guy sitting next to us tried to pretend that he knew about hockey because his date was a fan. However, he asked me why Carey Price wasn't in goal for the Rangers (laughs) and Price plays for Montreal. So it was pretty obvious he was just trying to impress the woman he was with, which got me thinking. Hockey has to be the one sport where women bring guys to the game instead of the opposite, right? In many cases, it is.
1: Women love hockey. I used to one of the things I wanted Case in to point, do.
4: What you guys like hockey?
1: One of the things I wanted to do when I was younger. I wanted to have a licensed product store. I wanted to sell like the hats and the little little items that had the logos, the team's licensed products. So I was getting a magazine for a while that was licensed product magazine, one of these trade magazines. But I remember to this day, this is going back twenty years at, at least. I remember to this day that one of the articles was how how in love with hockey women were that that was there was a very popular portion of their fan base and they bought lots of gear well we saw it the other night zach tons of women at the hockey game Mm -hmm. they they loved it and now this guy he was trying to oppress that lady and frankly i don't blame him he went to the game she might have even
3: bought the ticket but good for him he was along for the ride i agree with the statement and in fact i even know why it's the case when I was in school, I missed an art class and had to sit in on an all-girls class, as a like a makeup class. And a few of the girls chatted me up about hockey. And one of them in particular told me, I love hockey players because they have such hairy necks. <laughs> so there you go. Women love hockey because hockey players have hairy necks.
4: And that's why Zach now has a beard and a hairy neck and likes hockey. Uh I really don't care about the question at all. I just, I'm glad you guys are giving this guy some love. I hope you helped him out, Zach. We've all been there just trying to impress a girl. I hope you helped him out. I have no problem I, I with that. I gave guy. him the correct goaltender name. Yeah, that's good. Know. That's good. I'm glad you helped him. I'm, I'm, I'm a fan of this guy. I don't care that he doesn't know about hockey.
1: <laughs> Zach laughed at him, made him look small in front of his girl. And... <laughs>
3: he was kind of small. <laughs> Anyways, last but not least, the Yankees should wear their navy blue spring training jerseys and hats as Sunday matinee alternate uniforms. Yes.
4: Yes. I can't say yes strongly enough. Uh, I I love their hats this year with the the white front panel. Oh, yeah. The whole thing, it's a good looking jersey. I understand the tradition of the pinstripes and blah blah blah, but change with the you, times. You don't understand that no, tradition. I of get it. The I I know why all the people. Oh, it's the pinstripes. It's the Yankees. Man, you can wear a blue jersey. It's fine.
1: No, no, no. I can't say no strongly enough. <laughs> You're the Yankees. You don't have to do this marketing nonsense that other teams do because you're the sorry sap that goes out and buys every hat and every (laughs) shirt they put on. Oh, that looks cool. Why do you think they do those alternates for entertainment or for a a slick look? No, they do it for money. They do it because you're going to go out and buy that jersey. How many hats, I asked you earlier in the show, how many hats do you own? About 100. You're the reason. I'm
4: unashamed of it.
3: Terrible idea. (laughs) Can't do it. I agree. I've been a proponent of it for years, actually. I love alternate uniforms in general, except for those stupid sleeveless ones with the t-shirt underneath. Yeah, those need to go away Those are stupid. But other than that, I really like alternate uniforms, and I really like the navy jerseys, and especially, like Darren said, the white front panels on the hats. I know the pinstripe uniforms are their history, their tradition, and I love them, but I think there's nothing wrong with adding an occasional Sunday alternate. It's not like it has a beard on it or anything.
1: You guys are so young and stupid. <laughs> You're listening to Beyond the Game, Rick Benson and the Moron Twins with you. We'll be back right after the break. Beyond the Game is brought to you by Town & Country. Test Solutions. Are you looking for a fun place to play softball in a family-friendly environment? GNT Men's Softball is registering for its 2016 season at the Grace and Truth Sports Park in Hilton. GT's Slow Pitch League plays on Monday nights beginning in May and continuing through July. The discounted early registration rate is $60 now through March 15th, which includes a team jersey. The rate jumps though after March 15th, so don't delay. Register for GT Men's Softball today. For more information or to register, Visit Info. That's Info. Grace and Truth Youth Baseball is registering for its 2016 season. g and has divisions to accommodate boys and girls ranging from ages 5 to 15 years of age. Games are played Saturday mornings beginning May 7th and continuing through June 25th. Some age groups will have a weeknight practice time as well. All games are played at the beautiful g and Sports Park in Hilton. The baseball programs offered through GNT Athletics teach baseball in a fun, family-centered environment that is sure to provide your family with many fond memories. For more information or to register, visit gntathletics.info. That's
0: gntathletics.info. Beyond the Game, talking sports from a different point of view Highlighting the stories and the people of faith It's not a faith program that includes sports It's a sports talk show rooted in faith-based principles Welcome back to the show Recording in the BTG studios in Rochester, New York Here is your host, Rick Benson
1: Welcome back to the program International tennis sensation Maria Sharapova has been banned provisionally from tennis after it was revealed that she tested positive at the Australian Open earlier this year for a banned substance. Of course, since that report, there's been absolutely no shortage of accusations, no shortage of remarks. While some of them have been fair, many of them have not been. The drug called meldonium is something that Sharapova says she's been taking for more than 10 years. It's intended to treat people with a heart condition due to a lack of oxygen in their bloodstream well that makes it very popular with athletes who use oxygen enhancers in order to prove endurance which is why it's found its way on the banned substance list officials had announced last year that the drug was being evaluated but that athletes would be allowed to continue taking it with the understanding that it may ultimately soon be banned it was further announced a few months later that meldonium would be banned starting in 2016. Though she says she's been taking it since 2006, originally having had it prescribed by her doctor to treat an irregular heartbeat, Sharapova says she's been using it under another name, and so she was unaware of the different name meldonium, which is how it's listed on the banned substance list. She also said she was unaware that it's on the World Anti-Doping Agency's banned list until she received a letter notifying her that she had tested positive. Sharapova has struggled throughout her career, really, with injuries, and yet she's won each Grand Slam tournament once and the French Open twice. As you, I'm sure, already know, at six foot two, she's tall. She's stunningly beautiful. She's capitalized on her good looks and her fame to become the highest paid female in sport, reportedly earning more than 20 million annual through endorsement deals. Nike, Porsche, and others have already suspended their deal with Sharapova, though Nike has said they're investigating the matter further. Despite her beauty, though, Sharapova has not let it affect her tennis. She's continued to play very hard. She's continued to train with an intense dedication, and her tour victories would seem to be evidence of that. While others have seemed to maybe have become more of a celebrity, more of a personality, Sharapova has always remained a tennis player, first and foremost. The Russian Tennis Federation has dismissed the test. They called it nonsense and are expecting Sharapova to be available for the Olympics this summer in Rio. Seemingly in contrast to that, Sharapova's announcement was an honest confession, a seemingly sincere apology, and a clear explanation of how it happened.
2: I wanted to let you know that a few days ago I received a letter from the ITF that I had failed a drug test at the Australian Open. I did fail the test and I take full responsibility for it. For the past 10 years, um, I have been given a medicine called Mildrenate by my doctor, by my family doctor. And a few days ago after I received the ITF letter, um, I found out that it also has another name of meldonium, which I did not know. It's very important for you to understand that for 10 years, this medicine was not on WADA's ban list, and I had been legally taking the medicine um, for the past 10 years. But on January 1st, the rules had changed, and meldonium became a prohibited substance, which I had not known. I was given this medicine um, by my doctor for several health issues that I was having back in 2006. I um I was getting sick a lot. I was getting the flu. Every couple of months, I had irregular EKG results, um, as well as indications of diabetes with a family history of diabetes. Um, I thought it was... Very important for me to come out and speak about this in front of all of you because throughout my long career I have been very open and honest about many things and I take great responsibility and professionalism um, in my job every single day and I made a huge mistake and I've let my fans down, I've let the sport down that... I've been playing since the age of four that I love so deeply. Um, I know that with this, I I face consequences, and I I don't want to end my career this way, and I really hope that I will be given another chance to play this game.
1: I'm having difficulty thinking of another athlete. And remember that Sharapova is among the top players in her game. But I'm having difficulty thinking of another athlete who has offered such a, an honest admission and an explanation the way Sharapova has. So many will excuse it, try to conceal it, maybe even deny it as long as possible, even to the point where they're the only ones still believing the lies which they say. Sharapova, though, wasted no time in getting in front of the media and taking responsibility for what happened. It was refreshing to see an athlete take such an approach, and I have to say that Sharapova showed more courage, more integrity, and more leadership, and that she was more of a man than many men who found themselves in a similar situation. Regardless of whether you opt to believe her or not, and I admit it's difficult to give the benefit of the doubt anymore after having been. Really deceived so many times. But whether you believe it or not, Sharapova's response stands in contrast to so many in society today who take an attitude of irresponsibility. The first response of so many when faced with a difficult situation in which maybe even they're guilty is to just lie about it. And they do it so easily, as if it were no big deal. Unfortunately, society has become so accustomed to the lies. The people are extremely good at lying. Case after case in our court systems today feature two parties who convincingly say completely opposite things. They obviously both can't be telling the truth. One is lying, one is lying straight-faced, without regard of what it may actually end up costing that other person. A total lack of integrity. We came out from the grocery store recently and discovered that someone had hit our car. From the looks of the damage, which it's higher off the ground. It's very concentrated, one narrow but long dent and scratch going from, I'd say, maybe the center of the rear door right across the back panel, almost to the back lights. It looks like some yahoo with a snowplow who thinks they can make an extra hundred bucks moving snow so they can buy more canned beer. However, they have no real clue how to drive the vehicle, which is more man than they are, and they probably swung it too wide trying to back out, and they hit our car because they don't possess the brain ability or physical skills to back up properly. And of course, because they're cowards, they they just took off. It's not their problem. It's not their problem if they can get away without anyone noticing. But it's a $500 problem now for my family, so thanks a lot to whoever you are. The great basketball coach John Wooden was credited for saying that the true test of a man's character is what he does when no one is watching, and the losers who damaged our car, they have none. I believe that this, it's not my fault mentality that we see so much of is, it's really leading to the destruction of our country, It's costing innocent people millions of dollars. It just cost us 500 bucks. But just think of all the unnecessary court costs because someone's unwilling to accept responsibility for their own actions. If nothing is your fault, everything then is okay. I believe it leads to increased crime, it leads to the glorification of sin, and perhaps even worse, dismissing the consequence of sin and the magnitude of sin by labeling it as some sort of disorder or disease. It's not my fault that I cheated on my wife. I have a disorder. I can't control myself. But I admire the way that Sharapova handled herself. She showed a lot of class and integrity in not blaming someone else. You didn't hear her say that she didn't know what it was. She didn't say what, that someone was giving her something she wasn't aware of, or that the person who administered the test had switched the vials, or things of this nature. The Bible implores us to do the right thing. Philippians 4.8 says, Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. The verse concludes by telling us to think about these things, the right things. When we meditate on what is good, we are much less likely to take part in what is bad. If we know deep down that we have done something wrong or done wrong to someone, if we're focusing and thinking on what is good, we will not likely want to blame someone else or to claim that it's not our fault. Instead, we'll be more inclined to accept responsibility. People may blame their childhood. They may blame their economic situation, other circumstances for causing them to do a certain thing or to act a certain way. But God, though, He's promised us that he would never allow us to be tempted beyond that which we're capable of dealing with. 1 Corinthians 10:13 says no temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability but with the temptation he will also provide a way of escape that you may be able to endure it. God has promised a way out of every situation. You're not going to be tempted to do something wrong beyond the point of being able to do, in actuality, what is right. It may be more difficult in some circumstances to do what's right than in others, but it's not impossible. That's integrity. That's true character. Doing what's right, even when it's difficult to do that. The Word of God is clear as to who will be held accountable for my actions. I will. Ezekiel 18.20 says, The soul who sins shall die. The Son shall not suffer for the iniquity of the Father, nor the Father suffer for the iniquity of the Son. The righteousness of the righteous shall be upon Himself, and the wickedness of the wicked shall be upon Himself. We need to quit blaming our actions, our thoughts, our feelings on something or someone else. If I'm not growing spiritually, it's because I'm not doing the things that growth requires. If I'm not learning, it's because I'm not studying. We need to stand up and accept responsibility for ourselves. No one else is responsible for our sins but us. So how magnificent is it then that Jesus Christ freely offers to pay the cost of those sins which we're responsible for? Even though we're responsible, Jesus paid the price at Calvary. It's that phenomenon of trying to blame anyone or anything other than taking responsibilities that makes salvation so difficult for for so many. We won't accept. We won't admit our own sin. We deny it. And that's the first thing that's required for salvation. We have to come to a point where we realize, yeah, we are sinners. Yeah, I'm a sinner. Me. Unless we come to that place where we're willing to admit our own guilt for our sins, forgiveness is not possible. Each one of us has the personal responsibility to acknowledge our sinful condition and to repent and believe in the gospel according to Mark 1 15. The gospel simply is the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, all of which were done to pay the cost of your sins. You might be responsible for them, but you don't have to pay the price for them. Those sins cause you to be separated from a holy God. Your sins make you unholy. You can't be with a holy God. But Jesus Christ bridges that gap with his death on the cross. He lived a perfect life, gave his life, shed his blood, was buried, but then defeated death and rose again on that third day. Easter Sunday's coming. That's what that's all about, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. If only you take enough responsibility to confess your sins, to ask God for forgiveness of those sins, and place your faith and trust that Jesus' death, his burial, his resurrection was for you, and that it's sufficient for God's forgiveness of sins. We all must have enough personal responsibility to exercise a faith in Christ. We're glad you're with us. This is Beyond the Game.
4: Title sponsor of Beyond the Game is Town & Country Pest Solutions. Town & Country has been in business for nearly three successful decades. They know how to get the job done. Covering Rochester, Syracuse, Buffalo, Albany, Watertown. Well, just about any place that you can pick up this radio station is a place Town & Country Pest Solutions takes on pests and critters of all kinds. Town & Country technicians are friendly, professional, and most important, knowledgeable. Have a bed bug problem or just want to check and make sure that you don't? Call Town & Country. Bees, wasps, roaches, ants, bats, mice, you name it. Call Town & Country. Even raccoons and larger animals. Call Town & Country Pest Solutions today at 585-426-5024. That's 585-426-5024. And let their team of professionals handle whatever pest problem you may have. Call Town & Country Pest Solutions at 585-426-5024 or visit them online at townandcountrysolutions.com. Town & Country Pest Solutions. They fear nothing but God.
0: You're listening to Beyond the Game, talking sports from a different point of view. Beyond the Game is listener supported. You can help by making a one time gift or perhaps even committing to a monthly pledge amount. And if you own a business, consider advertising during the Beyond the Game program and promote your business to large audiences of both sports fans and people of faith. Please join us as we seek to encourage, equip, and evangelize through Sports Talk Radio. Visit our website at btgprogram.com for more information or make a donation via PayPal Secure Servers. Beyond the Game thanks you for both your financial and prayerful support. Hope and inspiration can be hard to find at times. For that reason,
1: God has given us many promises in His Word in which we can cling to. Spencer Traver focuses on several of these promises in his book, 21 Promises Declaring Jesus as Lord. 21 Promises accounts real-life stories to help us recognize God's presence and identify His promises as we endure present times. With the help of Scripture, 21 Promises teaches young and old alike to understand with their minds and believe with their hearts in the unfailing promises of God. 21 Promises, Declaring Jesus as Lord by Spencer Traver is available through Amazon and other booksellers or through the website TraverBrothers.com. That's TraverBrothers.com. Pick up a copy of 21 Promises and enjoy the unfolding of the promises of God as they're displayed in both Scripture and real-life events. 21 Promises Declaring Jesus as Lord by Spencer Traver. On sale now. Now the moment we've all been waiting for. Tom Brady wears Uggs.
0: I have no knowledge of anything. I have no explanation for what happened.
1: The highlight of the show.
0: I'm not going to let our fans down. The reason people tune in
1: week after week. Said no one ever. Darren's
4: Unreasonable Rant. Max Hooper. Dude's a senior who plays for the Oakland Golden Grizzlies out of the Horizon League. He has made 105 of his 234 shots this year, but what makes this 45% shooting clip so impressive is of those 234 shots, Not a single one has been a two-pointer. You heard that right. This guy has taken 234 shots this year, and every single one of them has been a three-pointer. In fact, in his four-year college career, he's taken only six shots inside the arc. He's done nothing but chuck threes at the Division I level and doing it successfully. He's like the Mariano Rivera of D1 basketball. You know the three's coming, but you can't stop it. So to all you Rec League bombers rocking John Stockton-level short shorts, getting crushed by your team full of never-bends who take their Tuesday night league too seriously. To all you young guns shouting Steph Curry as you hoist a terribly inept poorly formed backboard laser from well beyond your range and to all you high schoolers whose coach doubles as a science teacher telling you that you can't only shoot threes when your dedication to making it rain wanes look to max Freakin' hooper because this is america and the perfect white guy season can come true shooting nothing but threes hashtag the perfect season
1: max hooper shooting like steph curry who by the way hit another one the other day at right before halftime throws this thing up from just inside half court and it goes in and it, the the funny part about it is he just took off running into the locker room i heard a statistic where he is shooting from a, at a higher percentage from some crazy thing like 42 feet and deeper better than some teams are shooting from two point percent it's incredible how he's shooting and maybe max hooper's shooting the same way
0: and now it's time for the most awesome thing i saw this week Everything.
1: That's awesome. So as you guys know, I'm fairly in touch with the whole hip-hop scene.
4: <laughs> hip-hop Rick. I said hip-hop. I hit to the hit to the hip
3: hip-hop. You don't rock the bang-bang. You say up, jump, the beat, to the rhythm, as a believe beat,
1: beat. Rapper Lil Wayne was in Indiana for a performance at Indiana University, after which as he was preparing to fly out of town, he's on his plane, he's buckled into his seat, He informs the pilots that he needed to get back off the plane. Wayne, Little Wayne?
4: (laughs) You mean Lil Wayne? Come on, Hip Hop Rick, be better.
1: Lil Wayne had noticed that a military aircraft had just arrived, and he wanted to shake the hands of the men and women aboard. And as the service members got off the plane, he was there to greet each one, shook every hand, and also posed for photo ops to show his appreciation for their service. A fan who was at the airport and witnessed the account posted details of it on Facebook, said they shut down the plane, shut down their engines, and he and his boys got off the plane, came into the lobby, shook every one of the servicemen's hands. There was no press, no one to show off for, just a seemingly genuine act of respect. I know a lot of controversy surrounds him, but today I was impressed. As am I. That's cool. Thank you, Lil Wayne, for acknowledging our service, men and women, the most awesome thing I saw this week. So I'm sitting here as we're in the studio recording this, looking at the TV, looking at my internet. We talked earlier about Brock Osweiler, and mm-hmm. I'm seeing reports of that they might have made a move for Colin Kaepernick before this even airs. It looks yeah. like there's that's gaining a little bit of momentum, but they're also showing on the screen that Train to rain jerseys, you know, that they're wearing in spring Uh, training. You know, in Florida, they got the little uh, FL logo and they got the out in Arizona, the AZ logo. That doesn't Mm. bother me as much, but I don't like. I'm wondering what you guys think that intentional marketing that they do, for instance, in the postseason where they wear MLB postseason 2015. uh, Of course, each team has its own logo and colors, but a very obvious marketing push. All all these teams are wearing train to rain in, in their colors and with their logo. I
4: don't like that.
1: Is it just me? If,
4: if it was a saying I thought was cool, I might like it a little more. I just think I don't like it because I think it's, it's dumb. Train to rain, okay, whatever. But, I mean, like players say all the time, it's a business. They're trying to make money. I don't really, I don't really
3: care. Do your thing. I, I trace it back to the earliest I can remember where the teams used to do their individual, each team would do like their, uh, I don't know their morale boost or whatever. Like the Red Sox did the beards, the Tampa Bay Rays did everybody that's had fine. mohawks, and then they started. You know, a guy on the team would print up shirts for the whole team, and I thought that was cool. But when the league does it and gives it to every team as a marketing thing, and now we can sell these train to rain hoodies on an online ridiculous store and stuff. Priced. Yeah, like it's just too much. And maybe
1: that's what maybe that's the part that's bothered me. I like individuality. So, if it's something that the Rays are doing or whatever team, football, hockey, whatever, if it's an individual team and we're all doing this together, I sort of like that. When it's the entire league and each team is doing the same thing, then it's like mandated from the man. And I guess I'm, I'm not down with it, you know? <laughs>
4: you know. The man keeping us down.
1: I don't care for it. Speaking of things I don't care for, are you following this Brent Grimes thing?
3: The Dolphins let him go.
1: Yeah. Not surprising.
3: And it sounds like it's because of his wife's Twitter account. She's crazy. She is crazy. Like I, certifiably insane.
1: They're saying that he may have a hard time finding a job because of her. And some of the things and I'm just reading some one, she's vulgar. Some yeah. of the things that she says. She she's she's vulgar here, mm-hmm. but she is ripping everybody and anybody, ripping the Miami fans on on their way out of the city. You know, as he's been released now, boy, I, the tongue gets us into so much trouble, man. People, She's costing her husband money at this which, point, which yeah, which has cost the family money. Mm-hmm. The, the idea that we really need to control what we say—we don't think it affects other people—it does affect other people. And here is this man—I don't, I don't know them obviously. I don't know their their situation as a married couple, but you think he'd go to her and say, "Hey, babe." listen um you ain't helping here you know uh be polite be whatever be loving and supportive but you got to get her to shut it and by the way it's not just a male female thing if if he was getting her in trouble with his tongue the same thing hey babe um thanks for the help but i'm okay here i'll take it from here i got got it you know
3: just let it go yeah it's crazy i mean Thirty-something-year-old defensive backs have a tough enough time finding a job as it is, but when their their wife's in the news every couple months for running her mouth on Twitter, it's almost impossible. You would think. You know what though? If you're him, do you do you really want to fight with her?
4: Maybe he just keeps his mouth shut because I mean, do, do you want to get in a fight with that woman? With the things she says and the length she is willing to go, you know what? I'm good. I'm not fighting with her.
1: The thing I take away from this is there is an irresponsibility sometimes when we just say whatever. And I experience this i've I've had people tell, "Well, I can say whatever, I can use whatever type of language I want, foul or otherwise, it's a free country. you can't tell me what to say. I have freedom of speech, yeah, that's true, but there's also a social decorum that need needs to be followed, ought to be followed, that is polite to be followed. You got little kids um mm-hmm. uh, we were at the hockey game the other night, Zach, mm-hmm. and you were telling me I had gone down and Unbeknownst to me, my son was at the game, so I went and found him as well as an ice cream cone um, <laughs> and I get back and other items there him. was a guy a section over Zach is telling me he stood up, and obviously the beer had started to take effect. It's later into the game, we're into the third period uh he is yelling some very vulgar things from what and Zach looks over sees him, and there's a there's a
3: kid there a young girl was, is that what mm, you said? saying there a bunch of kids uh, there are a bunch of kids in that section. But then, in, right in front of us, one section over, there was a little like eight or nine year old girl, and this guy was just incredibly vulgar. And I just kept thinking, like, how can you think that this is okay to be yelling the stuff as loud as you can possibly yell it?
1: They have it on the scoreboard, and the Sabres defense—they tell you at the beginning of the game, no fighting, no throwing things on the ice, no cussing. You know, they they do put that on on the board. But the fact that you have the right to say whatever doesn't mean you ought to say whatever. You mm-hmm. have
4: the right to say anything you want, but people also have the right to enforce some consequences for things that you say.
1: I think a lot of things that go through my head, they don't necessarily need to come out of my mouth. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure people look at me and they think some things about me and I appreciate that it doesn't necessarily <laughs> come out of their mouth. Beyond the Game is brought to you by Town & Country Pest Solutions. Town TownandCountrySolutions.com, fearing nothing but God. So my Pest of the Week is NBA referee David Jones. In a game this past week between the Dallas Mavericks and the Detroit Pistons, Jones was involved in an exchange with Mavericks' Duran Williams, and then during a break in play, he proceeded to walk towards the Mavericks' huddle and seemed to somewhat bait Williams into a technical foul when, when he responded. Of course, head coach Rick Carlisle was furious. The Mavs were already likely frustrated. This was about to be their fourth loss in a row. Detroit's Reggie Jackson missed the free throw. So really, the the technical foul didn't factor into the game. But it was just, it shouldn't have happened. The NBA admitted the situation was not handled properly by the ref and that they would handle the situation, whatever that means. For his part, I should say, Jones is reported to have called Mavs head coach Rick Carlisle and he apologized the very next day. He's in his 26th season in the NBA. Should know better. He should know better. This sort of thing just can't happen. Good for him for owning it. Good for him for apologizing. But even so, NBA referee David Jones is my Pest of the Week.
4: Uh, My Pest of the Week is anyone supporting the loser who filmed Aaron Andrews naked in her hotel room or any website saying that Andrews is lucky she got stalked and it's why she's now famous. Are you kidding me? This woman's world was turned upside down. You invaded her privacy and changed the way she lives her life forever it demoralized her and you internet trolls are coming out of the woodworks this is unfathomable in my mind and it's hard not to wish the worst things on all of you
1: you know just camping there for a minute i said to zach the other night we, should, we need a segment on this show call it lip service or something loser identification program <laughs> going through twitter and just seeing some of the things that people oh. said they're angry about the amount of money that was awarded and it seems like a lot of money to me it's a lot of money but she's not going to see she's not going to see a dime from the dude he doesn't have any money she'll see some money from the hotel but i guess i i don't know how much money sets that right her life has been altered it's been changed Mm -hmm. Uh, man it's a terrible thing her privacy has been
4: invaded how do you support this guy though how, where are these Twitter trolls coming from with support of this guy? How? There's no world. Can you support him? As
1: awesome as social media is for connecting the world and keeping us informed, and mm-hmm. but it, I sometimes think the negative things outweigh the positive because it's just such a troll world. Mm-hmm. The comments, everybody can say whatever they want. There's no filter for things. And the amount of people who get their news from Facebook, Mm -hmm. You know, and they come in, hey, I saw this, that uh, so-and-so died last week. They've been dead for 10 years.
3: (laughs) My pest of the week is the Baltimore Orioles. Uh, The team had a longstanding tradition, like many teams were after a win. Uh, Adam Jones would smash a pie in the face of someone who'd had a key hit or gotten a key out or whatever. But it was announced this past week that the Orioles have banned the -the pie-in-the-face tradition in the name of player safety. Because whipped cream and pythons are extremely dangerous
4: <laughs> it's that's the fun
1: police coming out right there two things I'll say about that one it's usually shaving cream and not whipped cream if it was whipped cream I'm all in you know that's delicious can we smash Sh- a whipped
4: cream pie in shaving your
1: face here? cream however
4: stings <laughs> they get
1: that in their eye that's no fun now I can tell you when we were a kid one of the one of the awards for in youth group if you memorized enough Bible verses you got to Put a pie in the face of whatever leader you chose. Nice. And I remember this one kid just took the pie and just jammed it and then he's twisting it <laughs> in the guy's face and the, the metal of the pie tray was, was crinkling up and it cut him pretty good. <laughs> so to say that the, the, that doesn't hurt anybody, it can. Now I know in Major League Baseball, they're just dropping the pie and moving, you know, oftentimes it's even in, in a towel. But yeah, I'll never forget that a guy had a metal tray just jamming it into the guy and then somebody complained that it was disrespectful. So we didn't do it after that. Oh, you're showing disrespect to the leaders. There's always by,
4: one. There's always one. There
1: is always one. And it ruined the fun. Nobody was showing disrespect. It was somebody that was just having fun and but I guess everybody's got their own perspective. Beyond the games brought to you by Town and Country Pest Solutions. I want to thank you for listening. Give Town and country call five eight five four two six five zero two four. Tell them Benson sent you. Thanks for joining us for Zach, for Darren. I'm Rick Benson, Lord Willing. We'll be right here next week at this very same time.